Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. I'm glad to be back on Texas Ag Today and so glad you've taken time to join us. My name's Kerry Martin. I'm your host, and I'm happy to be a part of the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture, from the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle to the Rio Grande Valley. There are quite a few hogs raised in the Texas Panhandle, so the rebound of the pork industry is good news for our economy. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Have a plan and know what to do when severe weather strikes. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Texas farmers and ranchers are now facing a daily challenge with illegal aliens crossing their property in South Texas. Brian King farms in Demet County and says his fences are getting damaged every week. We went from having, in the last six years, two incidents of people running through our fences and illegal aliens crossing our place to now it being a weekly occurrence. This one is the most recent time. Uh, They came in off the highway back there. Uh, ran through this fence and went through up along the highway and created uh, about, this is going to cost us about $1,500 between the two fences to replace this. And like I said, it's, it's been a weekly occurrence now for the last four months. Texas Congressman Mike Cloud sits on the House Agriculture Committee and says he gets constant calls from farmers and ranchers who deal with illegal immigrants damaging their property on a daily basis. And while the situation is tragic, Cloud says it's not really surprising. It is tragic what's going on on the border. It's uh, tragic that we've allowed this to happen. What we see now over the last few months especially is just a drawback of all the sensible policies that were put in place to to secure the border, uh, to protect private property. It's really devastating. So it's it's not helpful to the very people that are being uh, trafficked, uh, so to speak, that are coming here. It's it's just been backwards thinking. But unfortunately, it seems to be by design uh, in, in the sense that anybody who knows anything about the border knew that this is what we would see uh, with the policies that were put in place over the last couple months. Testimonial videos from Texas farmers and ranchers dealing with the border crisis can be found on our website at texasfarmbureau.org. Texas cotton growers will have access to dicamba again this year thanks to a new five-year re-registration of dicamba products. But one of the new rules says you cannot use it later than July 30th on cotton. BASF Technical Services Representative Adam Hickson is based in Lubbock. First of all, I fully understand the concerns there with that cutoff date and that the potential is there for some of our growers, especially those growers who maybe uh, are planting a a little bit later 
or potentially could have to uh, be in a replant situation. Um, that can happen quite a bit out here um, on the on the high plains where we have some of those uh, violent thunderstorms come through. You get a hailstorm or something, or you get blown out. I mean, that just happens every year, unfortunately. And so that is a concern of mine of having to go in and, uh, you know, maybe a replant situation or a little bit later planting. But Hickson believes we do have some good options for controlling weeds after July 30th. I do feel like there are some other options out there. Um, if we do get into a situation where, uh, let's say we get some of later rains, hopefully we get some rains during the summer, uh, get some weed emergence later and you're having to make an application uh, after July, July 30th. Um, you know, luckily this cotton is tolerant to Liberty herbicide as well. So uh, we do still have that uh, in our toolbox. And then really, really what's most important and what I just like to hammer home is the importance of those residual herbicides. And so if you're using those residual herbicides, both prior to planting, at planting and in season, uh, hopefully we're able to hold those uh, weeds down and then you get uh, canopy and I always like to say shade is a uh, herbicide and uh, don't forget that uh, late in the season we will be able to shade out those weeds if we're getting good cotton growth. BASF Technical Services Representative Adam Hickson in Lubbock. The rebound in the hog market is good news for the Texas panhandle economy. James Hunt reports from Amarillo. One of the best news stories in a long time for ag producers is the robust rise in the prices of nearly all agricultural commodities in recent months, and that certainly includes hog farmers. As we look at the hog futures and think about profitability for the industry and for our farms here in Texas and farmers, we're in a really good spot currently. That's Brandon Gunn, Executive Vice President of Texas Pork Producers. And when we look at the lean hogs futures he referred to, we see that they are up by nearly $30 per hundredweight from where they were when this year began, a strong indicator of the positive trends that Gunn says has the pork industry in Texas making money again. I'd say right now we're as profitable as we've been in the past several years. And so that's been really good. The prices have gone up, demand is still strong, the export market is strong, slightly down, but still very strong. Domestic demand, very strong as well. And as the pork business moves beyond the dark days when the pandemic's impact on supply and demand dynamics was at its worst, it's good news for our region's economy, considering the presence of several large farms in the northern panhandle. When we think about it in terms of production and where we're at, think about the future, our production is solid and our numbers have remained constant and are continuing to do so and you know that is the plan and so as we look at that and how it relates to employment the employment opportunities are very strong there's a definite need for a sustainable labor force in our industry and no different here with our farms in texas so a lot of great opportunities a lot of varied opportunities that exist with our farms i'm james hunt on the texas farm bureau radio network Severe weather has popped up in many areas of Texas over the past month. Tom Nicoletti talks with a Fort Worth meteorologist about the current weather situation. Hail in the Fort Worth, San Antonio, and Central Texas regions. 
and tornadoes in the Rolling Plains and South Plains in April. Now the month of May is here, and so is Tom Bradshaw, meteorologist with the National Weather Service in Fort Worth. Tom, May is uh, one of the two most severe weather months uh, for the state of Texas. And today we're going to talk about what people need to be aware of if uh, they are indoors when uh, severe weather strikes. So uh, what are some tips that you can give uh, folks uh, if they're at home when uh, severe weather is approaching? Good to be with you again, Tom. And you you mentioned the fact that we had some large hail uh, events across parts of Texas at the end of April. And that really kind of gives us a foretaste of what we can expect in May. May is actually the busiest month for the state of Texas, severe weather-wise, out of any month of the year. We not only can expect a large hail, damaging winds, frequent lightning and flash flooding, but also tornadoes. As far as some tips that we can give folks, the first thing that we want to stress to everyone is to have a plan. And when we say have a plan, whether you're at home whether you're at the office, whether you're at school, or whether you're in a vehicle traveling from one of those places to the other, the key is to know what to do if you become aware that severe weather is, is threatening your area, is threatening, threatening your location. The key is to know that you have to have a way of getting a warning. You have to have multiple ways of getting a warning, whether that's um, with a cell phone, whether that's having a no-weather radio, that's whether utilizing uh, commercial TV and radio as sources of information. You have to have multiple ways of receiving a warning, uh, particularly at night when um, it's harder to see storms coming in from the west or the southwest into your location. The other thing that we really stress is that you know where to go, what to do once you receive a warning that severe weather is imminent in your area. And the key thing if you're at home is that you want to get away from windows. You want to get towards the central part of the house or the apartment where you're living, the lowest possible floor, the central part of the, of the structure, um, a small room like a closet or a bathroom is preferred, um, a bedroom, anything that's away from the outside edges of the house and is away from windows. If you're at the office, the same applies. You want to stay away from windows. You want to try to get into the central part of the building to the greatest extent possible. Finally, if you're in a vehicle and if you have a way of getting you have enough time to, to, to get off the road and get into a safe structure, that's the thing that you want to do that's preferred above all else, is to get off the road and get into a safe structure. That is National Weather Service meteorologist Tom Bradshaw in Fort Worth. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There's a new resource out there for Texas hunters and cooks. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll explain coming up on Texas Ag Today. And some mushrooms can be toxic to dogs. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. When we moved to Texas, we were like fish out of water. We didn't know anyone in our neighborhood until our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent came to the house. She was so helpful and reassuring, a friendly face with that Texan hospitality I'd heard about. When we purchased a Texas Farm Bureau insurance policy, we knew we were making the right choice. We knew our family would be protected. Visit Texas Farm Bureau insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an insurance agent who's a true neighbor. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. 
This is the time of year when mushrooms start popping up out in the yard and in the woods. And some of those mushrooms can be toxic to dogs. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has some advice. Mushroom toxicosis is a difficult problem because it is difficult to identify the toxic versus non-toxic mushrooms, and some can be only mildly toxic, while some can be deadly to your pet. The ASPCA Poison Control Center indicates that there are four syndromes that can occur with mushroom poisoning, and maybe the most common is liver disease. Death cap and destroying angel mushrooms can cause acute liver failure in six to 12 hours after ingestion. Most of these pets will begin with gastrointestinal signs and then death due to liver failure in one to two days. Fortunately for us in Texas, these mushrooms are most commonly in the Northwest and Northeast United States. There is another group of mushrooms that cause neurological disease and these are psilocybin or so-called magic mushrooms, hydrazine mushrooms, and isoxazole mushrooms. Signs related to ingestion of these mushrooms usually develop within just a few hours after ingestion. Many times, exposure to magic mushrooms occurs when the pet ingests some of the owner's supply of mushrooms. The other mushrooms with neurological signs also usually develop gastrointestinal signs as well and can then develop seizures. A large group of mushrooms can cause mild to severe gastrointestinal signs, and one group has vomiting and diarrhea as well as increased bronchial secretions and a slow heart rate. Some mushrooms can lead to kidney failure in pets, but most of these grow in Europe. Due to the severity of these poisonings, if your pet ingests mushrooms, call your veterinarian and induce vomiting with some eye drops, as it is time consuming to identify the type mushroom and time is critical in this situation. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There's a new resource out there for Texas hunters and cooks. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. Award-winning author and Live Flyer world champion Ralph Winningham of Texas has released a new book full of suggestions on how to handle a variety of clay targets and wild game. It is called Busting Clays and Cooking Game with Old Boots and Bacon Grease 2. This is a collection of wing shooting tips and also recipes. The concept is give you a tip on how to shoot a rabbit target or shoot a rabbit. And then I give you a rabbit recipe to following it. Quail, doves, uh, all different kinds of things. Uh, I also have some fish recipes in there. You don't shoot fish, but uh, it's uh, shooting tips that can coincide with a a different dish. The last book was just recipes and uh, good stories. And the first book I did, which was just uh, a campfire chef, old boots and bacon grease, uh, was still just uh, stories and uh, recipes. The book is illustrated by Texas state artist Sam Caldwell. He's a longtime friend, old curmudgeon, great guy, and a super illustrator. And uh, presenting his works in the book was just quite the coup. It's what I call an old man's book. It's got big type, lots of white space, easy to read, easy to follow. It's got great illustrations, so uh, I'm real proud of it. That was award-winning author Ralph Winningham of San Antonio. You can buy his new book and his other books, The Campfire Chef, Old Boots and Bacon Grease, and Revenge of Old Boots and Bacon Grease, which was the 2006 Texas Outdoor Writers Association Book of the Year, on his website, ralphwinningham.com. That is R-A-L-P-H-W-I-N-I-N-G-H-A-M dot com. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, 
I'm Jessica Domel. The cattle market traded mostly lower throughout the day on Monday. We ended up closing mixed. Some contracts higher, some lower. But the wheat market headed sharply lower. We'll take a look at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. As planting season begins across the country, the American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to follow the basic steps for seed treatment stewardship. Follow directions on seed container labeling. Eliminate weeds in the field prior to planting. Minimize dust by using advanced seed flow lubricants. Be aware of honeybees and hives located near the field. Ensure that any spilled seeds are removed or covered by soil to protect wildlife and the environment. And remove all treated seed left in equipment. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We kicked off the week with a mixed trade in the cattle complex on Monday. Some contracts higher, some contracts lower. We finished with June live cattle down $1.27, one fifteen thirty. The August down 27 one eighteen thirty five. October live cattle up a nickel, one twenty two ninety five. May feeder cattle down 55 cents, 133.05. August feeders up a nickel, 146.80. September feeder cattle down 10 cents, 149.17. Cash fed cattle market all quiet on Monday, as we usually see. We wrapped up last week with Texas cattle feeders reporting 9,488 heads sold. Those cattle brought 118 to 119. That's one to two dollars lower compared to the previous week. Boxed beef prices continue to climb. Same story. We're pushing $300 now. Choice was up $191 at $298.41. Select up $0.96 cents at $284.01. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Been here cattle in the alleyway. It's time to travel down to Beeville. Talk to Rodney Butler, Beeville Livestock. Rodney, how did that Friday sale turn out for you? Your good cattle sold good, and your number twos and threes, they were soft. Good. Let's walk the pins. All right. We had 740 head of cattle, no horses, and I think we had 10 sheep. Your 200, 300-pound steers were $1.30 to $1.95. Heifers, $1.15 to $1.45. 300, 400-pound steers were $1.28 to $1.52. Heifers, $1.12 to $1.41. Your 400, 500-pound steers were $1.26 to $1.45. Heifers, $1.13 to $2. That was on some Brummer heifers. Your 500, 600-pound steers, $1.21 to $1.36. Heifers, $1.07 to $1.32. 600, Steers a dollar sixteen to a dollar twenty seven. Heifers a dollar three to a dollar twenty six. And seven hundred to eight hundred pound steers were a dollar ten to a dollar twenty five. And heifers were seventy three to eighty five cents. Packer cows were higher than they were the week before, probably due to the quality of the cows. Thirty two to seventy one. Bulls brought from sixty to eighty four. Young stocker cows brought anywhere from fifty five to eighty one, with some bred cows dollaring out around that nine thirty five. And our pairs last week brought from five ten to nine thirty five, sir. Good. You had seven what? Seven forty, sir. Seven forty. Did you catch any rain? Yes, sir, we did. We were very fortunate. We had, oh, anywhere between an inch and a half to two inches in the area. Almost most everybody got some. I think they got more rain towards the coast area. They had up eight, ten inches, some of those places down in that area. But we had some good rains and uh, looking forward to some good grass to start coming. Tell everybody how to contact you. Yeah, Young reached me there at Cell Barn at 361-358-1727 or call me on my mobile, 645-5002. And there's a possibility I'll let you know. I'm supposed to get in 50 
bring just cows from down south. Some of them will have calves, and the rest will be balanced, will be uh, bred. There'll be young, middle-aged cows, so i got to see if I'm going to get them next week. All right. We'll be on the lookout. Thank you, Rodney Butler. Uh-huh. Thank you, sir. Take care. Neighbor, that's it for this edition of Walking the Pins. I'm Larry Marble. I'm the host here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas farming and ranching neighbors, good day to you. Thanks, Larry. The climb in hog prices continues. May hogs up 57 cents to close at 110.70. June hogs up 292 on Monday, closing at 112.65. Class 3 milk was mixed. April milk unchanged, 17.64. May milk down 19 cents, 18.99, 100 weight. The cotton market closed mixed. The old crop was lower, new crop higher. Those new crop contracts getting support from the weather situation here in Texas. Now, we have gotten some rain. The drought situation has improved in many areas. However, West Texas continues severely dry, and that is what the traders are watching as we're waiting for this 21 cotton crop to be put in the ground in the high plains and southern plains. October cotton up 55 points, closing at 87.02. December up 14, 85.20. The wheat market closed lower. Beneficial rains, as we mentioned, across many areas of Texas. Those rains continue into Oklahoma, Kansas, and Colorado. All of that beneficial as we're finishing out this wheat crop, but that does put pressure on prices. July Kansas City wheat down 15 cents, 6.88 and a half. July Chicago wheat down 16 and three quarters, 7.18 a bushel. The corn market closed lower. The nearby May contract, the old crop, getting hit the hardest. It was down seven and three quarters, seven thirty-two and a quarter. September corn down a half, five ninety-one and three quarters. In the energy markets, June natural gas up three cents, two ninety-six. June crude oil up ninety-three at sixty-four fifty-one a barrel. The financial markets mix. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 251 points, 34,126. The Nasdaq down 62 at 13,900. The S&P 500 up 12, 4,193. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up another edition of Texas Ag Today. So glad you joined us. Don't forget, we'll be right back here tomorrow to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Kerry Martin, and I will see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.